0: micro review for avatar <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
2: god i have to st- I'm still collecting my thoughts yeah on it. I, I had low expectations honestly yeah. I was like I know this is going to look really good but this story could suck real hard and yeah. it was good what did like, you think of the first one i actually
0: one? watched the first one i was like oh i think this is to the point where like so many people call it overrated that it might be underrated yeah
2: like it's, <laughs> I, I enjoy it i, I mean, kind of understand that yeah <laughs> it's like lo- um, enough time has passed yeah where it's cool again
0: i liked it it actually made me anxious to see the new one whereas first i was like yeah. why are they even bothering <laughs> i think you'll love it i don't know about Six more of them, but... Dude, I can't even (laughs) believe it. The stories are just getting more and more ridiculous as time goes on. Like, Mm -hmm. I saw something that said he turned in, like, a nine-hour cut of the second one. No way. And didn't want to remove anything until all the graphics were done. So, like, his whole department did all the visual effects. So,
2: I mean, essentially, he's just (laughs) probably created all the following movies with all of that. Or is that just for the second one? I don't know. That is just... (laughs) The guy is built different.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, I remember hearing something about how they were developing multiple at the same time, but stuff has changed with the the plan so many times that I can't keep track of it. I'm not sure if that's still what's going on.
0: I think he's got principal photography on the third one, like almost done. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. But like he's waiting to see how well the second one does. Right. If he's going to go through with four or five and whatever yeah. else.
3: For a while, he was kind of <laughs> acting like no matter what. This yeah. is happening, and <laughs> then more recently, he's been saying all kinds of stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it might not happen, and then also the only reason Avatar is not as popular as Marvel is because there's more Marvel movies. So, I right. caught that. But
2: Maybe it's cause it's been a decade since your yeah first movie.
0: I saw a quote that. During this whole press tour, that he claims that he went and did like a scientific study, like almost Mythbusters worthy of whether or not Jack would have survived on the door had he gotten up there with, yes. uh, dude, I read <laughs> <Kate> that. It's <Winslet. laughs> like, nope, only one of he them would have survived. Have. We did all the tests, dude. Put I just body Im- sensors on him.
2: Imagine him lying awake in bed, just like thinking about all the people that are yeah. given him shit about that.
0: And he's just crazy enough like, that I believe. Like he's like, all right, I need a couple days off from Avatar. We got to put this to rest. <laughs> you know while we're out
3: here it. in the water yeah <laughs> we should probably mention who we yeah, have on the, the show with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe we'll throw something Let in the guess. beginning but. yeah
0: <laughs> the mystery voice so today with us we have mason hunter we uh reviewed his album somewhat last week with the year in tears rat king so they show any good trailers before avatar
2: uh they had the mario super mario
0: yeah kind i haven't watched trailer. that one yet I'm stoked.
2: You're I'm stoked actually pretty it? hyped. Yeah. It looks cool. I don't care about Chris Pratt. Yeah. yeah.
3: I got to ask the obvious question. What does he... Does it sound like Chris Pratt or is he doing like... He, he a decides shitty...
2: to do the Brooklyn voice rather than the Italian thing. That's good. Which is fine. But he does say like there's a stereotypical Italian affectation for just one thing. Like, mm. let us go. <laughs> or like...
1: Yeah.
0: I think something like that. I mean, it can't be worse than the last one. That's... Dude, it looks... <laughs> it looks cool animated is the route to go Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole like the real- live action Sonic stuff is Which so I- bad <laughs> oh my gosh I haven't seen any of those movies <laughs> the first one was I, I couldn't bring myself to the second one really yeah, there's something I'm so cheesy
2: it. about mixing animation with real people yeah like, in that way
0: it's, it's tough unless you're LeBron James you gotta be a really skilled lesbian to pull it off <laughs> Yeah, from Space Jam. (laughs) Yeah.
1: jeez. I
3: still can't think of a better version than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Which was actually kind of like just a more on-the-nose, self-aware version of that. Yeah. Monkey Bone. Didn't they
2: call that like a career killer for like a bunch of people? (laughs) Probably. He's just like destroyed the careers of like four people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's got Brendan Fraser, Bridget Fonda, Chris Kattan... Oh yeah,
2: Chris Catan,
0: Chris Catan and Brendan Fraser is quite the duo. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that really is. That's probably who's going to make the comeback next. We already got the 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 Renaissance. Yeah,
3: Chris Catan will be in some
0: Oscar movie next season. Yeah, he's making the Settlers of Catan movie. (laughs) That'll be good.
3: It's about people that just settle for Chris (laughs) Catan. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I did watch the Indiana Jones trailer and mm. it, like clicked like, duh, of course they're gonna do the de aging thing. That's mm-hmm. the only way you can do yeah. a yep. full Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. Right.
1: I
2: don't like the
0: title. I'm not a fan. I already forgot it. I just keep calling the it Dial
3: of <laughs> Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Oh, I can totally get God. it not working because it does it give me feel pause. Indiana Jonesy to me. I, don't hmm. know. I feel like raiders of the lost ark those are some pretty old sounding words for the most yeah like evocative old adventure
2: yeah those are like grandiose old dial okay yeah yeah. just think of an (laughs) old shitty phone
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) the dial of destiny dial three for destiny yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm gonna call it from now on (laughs) dial
2: three for destiny
0: Guardians, no. they're wrapping up that whole trilogy. I, wa- I saw
3: that. That was an interesting Guardians trailer. It was yeah. just much more epic than what you typically see from Seems that franchise. S- like it could be pretty
2: sad.
0: Do
1: you
3: that think it's too. gonna
0: be the rare legitimate ending in a Marvel movie? Are they gonna put these characters away? Once? I hope.
3: Is James Gunn doing it?
0: He yeah. This is his last Marvel movie I'm, before he goes on to DC. Oh, then uh, it'll be it'll be good. I
3: yeah, I'm I'm tending to trust. The stuff that James Gunn, I I mean, I like everything he's done lately. Yeah. We could go all the way back to the first Guardians. And I would say, I think everything he's done since then with Peacemaker and Suicide Squad and both the Guardians movies, like all that stuff has been good. The holiday special I kind of tuned out on. I was (laughs) like, "Ah, (laughs) okay. I've always liked that franchise. I would honestly say that the first Guardians movie was the one that got me to take the Marvel Cinematic Universe a lot more seriously or just be more interested in it Mm -hmm. because up until that point it was like okay i liked winter soldier and iron man one but the rest of these aren't doing it for me
0: yeah he brings a lot more personality than any of the other characters and and
3: more scope i mean the sci-fi like yeah any kind of like zany sci-fi stuff is gonna work for me so
0: are you at all trepidatious about some of the dc rumors floating about i think henry cavill's already out of superman
3: yeah no it's it's been a total shit show i mean it was like two (laughs) weeks ago Mm -hmm. that he and the rock were like dude check it out henry's back we got him yeah (laughs) we got him to stop playing warhammer (laughs) for a little bit right (laughs) Or i guess they got him to quit the witcher that's what's really insane is like he quit that show and then they're like oh you know what henry we're kind of doing a different Superman thing. Speaking of James Cunn, he's doing the new Superman. Yeah. Apparently he has been writing it for a while.
0: And supposedly like the rock was kind of just using Henry as like a pawn in his play to stay in the DCU.
2: Well, I guarantee you Henry is going to be the next bond. Yeah. I'm putting my money down on it now because he's out of those two huge franchises. Now that he's out on both, I really think they're going to go for it.
0: If I recall, I think he's doing a spy series with uh, Matthew Vaughn who did the Mm. Kingsman. Oh, wow. Um, that might Hmm. Argyle Tim Catherine O'Hara Bryce Dallas Howard is in it Brian Cranston damn there's all kinds of people in it that's John Cena (laughs) what Argyle 2023 but yeah he was good in Mission Impossible like that's a good tryout to be Bond right Mm, there yeah (laughs) it's tough because like there is some stuff I liked about the old Snyder verse, but you got to kind of start from scratch if you're taking over that job as James Mm -hmm. Gunn right yeah
2: (laughs) yeah I would not want to mess with someone else's stuff yeah no it's I'm doing it my way
0: I mean, even, I wouldn't think Harley Quinn's going to stick around, even though he did Suicide Squad. Hmm.
3: It does seem like I mean, Gaga's going to be, yeah. She's going to be in the new Joker. She's the new Harley Quinn in that one.
1: Hmm.
2: It's going to take place, it's a musical, by the way. (laughs) It's going to take place inside of Arkham, and it's going to be like their love story musical inside of Arkham.
3: I think I'm going to like that quite a bit better than the Joker, which I did not like. You didn't like Joker?
0: No. No? No. What didn't you like about it?
3: like it totally makes sense but to me like when i picture the joker i'm not thinking like oh yeah that that dude he's just out there battling mental health you know <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know yeah no it's fair
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I hadn't a, thought about it that way.
3: It's okay. a logical explanation for the character, yeah. But maybe that's what bothers me. Someone pointed out that like the best origin story, and I agree with this for the Joker, is in Dark Knight when he contradicts himself and gives two different explanations for yeah. where the scars on his face came from. It's just like mm-hmm. I I like the idea of that of just it's not knowing his yeah.
2: origin. Yeah. I I I tend toward that too. I like when things are not just laid out,
0: and it. Still seems kind of foggy as to what's going to be connected, even in James Gunn's stuff, because I think he already denied that Robert Pattinson's Batman's going to be involved. Wow. I'm- Pretty sure Joaquin Phoenix isn't going to be involved. His Joker thing's standalone.
3: That is a big deal because they're going to give Matt Reeves another movie. Yeah. Like they just, they're going to. And they're um, making the
0: Penguin series with Colin Farrell. You know, that so. too. <laughs>
3: oh,
2: I didn't know about that.
0: <laughs> Apparently it's actually supposed to bridge the two movies. So that's exciting for me. It's not just like an origin story or something like that. Oh, I it, love that. Yeah. It's that's actually so going to cool. connect into the next Batman movie. So. Perfect. That makes me a little more excited for it. Whereas before I was like, eh, I don't know if I need a whole series on the Penguin. But, but
3: yeah. Yeah, here's the conflict. You can't do DC without Batman. Well, yeah. He's got to (laughs) show up eventually. But yeah, I don't think you can spawn a whole set of characters off of Matt Reeves' Batman and not end up with something that people don't like because part of what makes that movie work is it's just taking the gothic tone of Batman, kind of like these darker tones inherent in that comic and like bringing them to the forefront, right? Yeah. But that's what separates that comic and that character and everything from the larger DC universe. Like that mm-hmm. tone is a big conflict. And to to picture things spawning from that movie into a cinematic universe is like, is that so different from what you tried with Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman? That shit was super dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the tone has and to stay consistent. Can you picture any version of Aquaman standing next to Robert Pattinson's <laughs> no, Batman. No.
0: Well, that's the thing that I think we've talked about a lot is Batman works because it's so grounded in reality. Right. And none of the other DC characters right. are,
2: <laughs> which maybe James Gunn will just let the Batman, be right. the Batman. And then just he'll worry about, you know, Wonder Woman and Superman yeah. and all that other stuff.
0: Maybe. I know they're already gotten a lot of the cameos out of The Flash, it sounds like, where Gal Gadot isn't going to show up as Wonder Woman, Mm. Um, Batman isn't going to show up, Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck, they're cutting everything out of that. So I don't even know what the point of this Flash movie is now. Right. I thought it was kind of supposed to lap.
3: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I thought it was supposed to kind of wrap things up in, in some fashion, but...
0: yeah. All right, we want to dive into the album. Yeah, let's do let's it. Do okay, can you tell us a little bit about your musical background, like how you got started in writing and playing music?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Going way, way back was really playing Zelda. I just wanted to learn how to play those songs on the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. I just happened to get Zelda Ocarina of Time the same <laughs> Christmas that I got my first keyboard. So there you go. <laughs> just made so much sense. I just started learning all those, and I, I just figured out that I had a knack for learning stuff by ear. So I just kept doing that, and yeah, you know, I was singing and stuff throughout a lot of my childhood in choirs and then joined a punk band in middle school with some <laughs> friends in our first show i see max playing in his band <laughs> at that show and we reconnected because we've been friends forever since mm-hmm. like preschool and joined their band as a vocalist. And uh, that just continued on for so long. Well, it felt like a really long time. It was really only like a few
3: years. <laughs> no, it, yeah, four or five years yeah. or something. I guess so, yeah. That was into the middle of high school. Yeah. yeah,
2: and then toward the end of high school, I just started writing my own stuff. I got really into Panda Bear and it, the stuff that he was making seemed so achievable to me. I was like, okay, lots of like sample loops and stretching and it just allowed me to try a lot of po- really, really poppy stuff. And with like the looping samples and things, it was just an easy backdrop for me to sing over. Mm -hmm. So that kind of like got me more used to wanting to start fully producing my own stuff. And yeah, it's been 20 years 15 to 20 years of yeah. making music. It's a general background.
0: <laughs> so what's been like the biggest difference branching out and doing stuff all on your own versus part of a band?
2: That's a really good question. And it's something that I struggle with because there are times where I feel like I'm too, I, I want to do it myself too much. Like I should just actually you know, allow <laughs> some other people to be involved in the process or like be open to collaborations a little bit more. And I think that's definitely something I've missed is when you're collaborating with other people, whether it's a band or even just one other person to have somebody there to be like, yo, this kind of sucks or, (laughs) or this is cool, but you should do this. And like having somebody to expand upon it. I mean, that's the clearest difference. I do miss that collaborative, uh, aspect a bit, but there's just this perfectionist streak in me. That's just like, no, I'll just do it on myself. (laughs) I know what I want. I know how I don't want it to sound. So.
3: And that extends past the music to not only are you mixing and mastering this yourself, but the artwork is mm-hmm. all original and the artwork is incredible. I mean, Thanks. completely represents the album as far as like level of quality and tone and everything. So... It's really cool to see. I don't remember if you've done that before. Have you made other album arts before?
2: Yeah, they've been really crappy digital, like Photoshop attempts, though. But I've usually done the art myself. This was the first time where I made like an actual physical piece of art for it.
3: Yeah, I didn't want to do that, but. Do you want to explain like how you went about that just a little bit?
2: I I mean, I had an idea in my head for a long time about because oftentimes I'll just come up with an entire album backwards. Like I'll come up with the title. The cover, even Mm. some of the tracks, I'll just like come up with in my head and just think about (laughs) what that might sound like.
3: As in names? Yeah, names. Yeah, sure. And so, Rat
2: King was like super super early and i started thinking about what the cover would look like and i knew i wanted it to be a collage like just a hodgepodge of stuff but uh yeah the one thing that i didn't do was add some like digital kind of glitchy effects to it and like i almost did that when i was done with the actual collage i took a picture of it and tried to bring it into the computer to see if i could do some interesting effects over it and it just none of it really looked that good so mm. i was like cool i'll just take a picture of this and that'll be the album cover but to get back to your question, I just cut up a whole bunch of paintings that I had done, like yeah. a bunch of abstract paintings. And I had some cardboard lying around and I just kinda one day just made a mess of the table and went crazy with it and, and just started cutting stuff up, gluing it up and just kind of assembled it before actually committing everything with the glue I just set all that stuff up and kind of created this collage. And, and then I yeah locked it in with, uh, with some spray adhesive and that was it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, not yeah, bad. you've
0: got kind of a varied background. You do a lot of cool illustrations and do some voice acting as well. Yeah, Is that right? yeah.
2: <laughs> trying to do more of that.
0: What's your background there?
2: So I'm in the very, very nascent stages of trying to build a voiceover voice acting business but i did do uh some audiobook narrating a few years ago for a, a fantasy author and okay. so that was cool i got to try a lot of things that was a big learning experience for me he had a whole bunch of different characters in that story so i got to come up with voices for everything and nice <laughs> yeah and playing D D like is just a it's a it's a great playground to try different voices
3: and that opportunity kind of came from D as well right that was for the drunkens and dragons yeah
2: <laughs> (laughs) Was a YouTuber that had this D&D channel and. I really liked his content. And then I learned that he had uh, written a few books and I just reached out to him via email and I was like, hey, I love your channel. And I, you know, want to do audiobook narration. And so he was like, cool. I just sent him like a, a demo of the first chapter and he loved it. And so it just yeah. worked out so well, almost too well. It set an expectation that like, it's just <laughs> that easy. But it was cool. I was really happy to do that. What but, voices uh,
0: yeah. do you uh, break out most frequently? I know you're a big Hey Arnold fan.
2: Yeah, I do love that. I mean, <laughs> at this point, Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire just creeped in. I'll just... <laughs> And then um, recently I got a pretty big TikTok following for doing, well, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire impression, but also Dr. Jordan Peterson. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but I'm he's, not. Yeah, he's a clinical psychologist from okay. uh, Canada. And he's like, he's very much in like the, I don't want to say alt-right. I guess he is kind of in the alt-right sector now, but okay. before, like a few years ago, when I first heard about him, he, he was kind of, he wasn't really aligned, but he's just got a very distinct voice that sounds like, I mean, it's basically Canadian Kermit the Frog. Yeah. So, but I just started posting videos of me doing his voice and it really caught on. So I got a bunch of, a bunch of people following me for that. That's all they want me to do now. So I can't really like, if I post anything new, they're just like, I heard this in Jordan Peterson's voice. Uh, Okay. I've done enough of that. Do you feel yeah.
0: kind of like a piano bar sometimes? Where you're <laughs> yeah. like, hey, you do know, the yes. Fire. <laughs>
2: Honestly, yeah, it, it is a lot like that. And what's weird is a lot of the commenters that follow me for the Jordan Peterson voice will find other videos that don't have a lot of comments and yeah. they'll comment and be like, hey, do Jordan Peterson <laughs> doing this? Just like, because they'll know Peterson. that I'll see it because <laughs> it's like one of four, you know, five comments on some old video. Like, <laughs> leave me
0: alone. <laughs> so you took quite a bit of a hiatus in between musical projects mm-hmm. or at least releasing them. What was kind of the biggest stretch where you didn't work on any new music?
2: Well, I've always worked on music. There's never been a point where I was like, just, there's never been a year where I didn't make music. I'm okay. constantly working on it. It's just, yeah, as far as getting stuff finished and getting it released, there was a huge chunk of time where I just did not release anything. And that was for a couple of reasons. I moved, I lived in LA for a while and just like had such a basic setup. And I was living in a studio apartment with a friend of mine. So I was not able to just like record and yeah and not a setting. The time <laughs> of the day. Yeah. Conducive to yeah making music. Right. And then just apartment living, the sound was not good or I had neighbors below and I just, there were always little things that kind of got in my way from like really finishing stuff. You know, you can get so far before you have to, you know, you got to listen to it on monitors. You got to mm-hmm. sing loud and you got to sing the same thing over and over again. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's, it's limiting when you're in an apartment, but so yeah, buying, I bought a house last fall and and being able to move into my own house is a huge part <laughs> of why I was able to put this album out. Just like have complete freedom to just make all my goofy noises and, You know, and that like a lot of musicians, you kind of you go through phases where you just don't like your stuff or you don't think it's good enough to put out. Yeah, I ran into that where I was just like, it's been so long. And now I feel like whatever I put out, my family will kind of like really be paying attention to. (laughs) And if it's not (laughs) exactly what they were like hoping, then you feel like you might let people down which is kind of yeah. a weird right thing uh there's just more pressure when there's been more time since you released
0: stuff yeah I think. the true. anticipation grows a little yes. more yeah so, Well, yeah that's the great thing about technology advancing like mm-hmm. you said you've been doing this for 20 years you can basically serve as your own writer producer everything yeah. but it also allows you to go in and tinker with stuff yep. endlessly so like mm-hmm. have you found a formula to be able to tell yourself okay this is done i'm done yeah. with it or do you find yourself going back and Messing with stuff quite a bit.
2: I mean, there's always the the draw to just, I'm going to go back in and just (laughs) tweak a couple things. And you can do that forever. And I think Max and I both go through that a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think just knowing and accepting that, yes, you can endlessly go into a project and change something. Being aware of that is so key. Because now we just go, you know what, I'm going to step away. It's done. And yeah, I think I had to set creative limitations for myself and Mm -hmm. maybe not dig into certain like, synth plugins that I had, Mm -hmm. or I would like, I didn't want to get any new piece of gear for a while. Yeah. You know, there were other pieces of gear that I wanted to incorporate, but I was like, no, because if I do that and it sounds different or even like better, then that becomes the new standard. right? (laughs) And I've got to go and like redo everything. So I just wanted to, I kept it very simple. It was just my Korg mini log, the, the Korg SV1. And uh, what else did I use pretty frequently? Oh, I had a melodica that I yeah. used a couple times. The just... SV
3: one is where the electric piano tones yeah. come from. Yep. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Which I mean, is kind of the... a consistent player on this album, mm-hmm. kind of helping hold things together. Because there's definitely a lot going on uh, with the production and yeah. effects and every little hi-hat hit being <laughs> in a different place in the stereo field. Mm-hmm. And how do you decide as far as effects and whatnot? like okay this is the stopping point like no more effects no more <laughs> mm-hmm. glitchiness
2: yeah there's like this weird point where things feel like there's just like a like it just congeals and it's hard to know exactly when that point is i i have to take a lot of breaks Cause I'll go in and just like add, I'll throw everything at it and just add all sorts of wild stuff to it. And then just step away from it, come back and listen again and be like, is this too much? And I'll just kind of almost pull away the stuff that doesn't need to be there. Sure. But yeah, that's a tough question to answer cause it's really just all feeling. Yeah. I just, you listen to a track and you go, it's got the environment that I wanted to put this song in. And there's just like a, a sound of everything being congealed together into one thing. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while to kind of dial that in for me.
3: You mentioned stepping away. I mean, is Mm -hmm. that like taking a day away from a song? Is it taking a month away from a song? No,
2: usually if if I take a month away from a song, then it's like, uh, I won't be able to get back into it. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So it's a, yeah, it's this weird like timing game where you have to go in and I'll spend probably, I don't know, six to eight hours just on one song and with like a short break in between just to kind of stay in that mode. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, like it'll be, I'll have to take a day or two and then come back to it. Yeah. So it's never more than like a few days, maybe a week at, at the most, Sure. I'll step away from something. If I've really been working hard on it for a long time, I'll take a longer break and then come back. Doom Scrollers is a good example of that. I worked mm. on that one probably for too long, <laughs> and mm. I had to take a bit of a break from that and come back. And, and I redid that song, actually, I think like three times or like three different versions of that yeah. song. Um, and it was just because there was so much going on.
3: Structurally or just in the kind of in the mix? Yeah, or? it was
2: it was all the production gotcha, stuff, uh, not yeah. not the actual structure of the song.
3: But That's still one of my favorites. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I really like that song. And I do think that the work was well worth it for that. I feel like you can tell.
3: It's different for you. Mm-hmm. It's more upbeat than t- than is typical. It's got, I think, more of like a, a rock vibe to it. Sure. Um, I love the percussion on it. Electric piano just driving along. Mm-hmm. And those harmonies at the end. No! Like, I just can't keep myself from singing along when I'm listening Sweet. to that. It's so good. That's great. It's so pretty.
0: Is there a harmonium on that? Like I'm trying to figure out what this weird instrument is. It's is the like. melodica. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, it
2: almost sounds like a harmonica or an accordion yeah, or something. Accordion, yeah, accordion. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, you got a really full collection of instruments here. Mm-hmm. How do you go about your song construction? Do you just start with that bass piano and voice and then just build yep. on top of it?
2: Yeah, I, this, and that was another example of limiting the process mm-hmm. and you know, cause I would start songs in so many different ways that I was like, just write the thing on piano first. Yeah just do that and I would write a scratch track of just electric keyboard, my voice, mm-hmm. and I would do like you know, beatboxing kind of stuff for the drums, like general mm-hmm. ideas that I had for drums. And those are hilarious and will never <laughs> see the light of day because there's too bad. so many I like, sides of <laughs> oh, God. Just...
0: voice memos in your phone, yep, <laughs> drum part, <laughs> yeah, just like really
2: bad falsetto, <laughs> you know. Because when I record vocals, or at least when I'm writing a song, I have no idea what the words are, the words come last, so okay, it'll just be like gibberish for you know, seven. Seventy-five percent of the way, mm-hmm. which yeah, those tracks are hilarious.
0: So there weren't anywhere you started because there's a lot where it feels very vocally centered. So I almost thought maybe you started with some vocal tracks on a couple of them. Starting just strictly yeah, like writing I just the had vocals like first. The melody for the vocals and then wrote around that.
2: Yeah, I don't think I've ever really done that. Yeah, I, I it's don't. Hard to uh, do. yeah. yeah,
3: for they me, they say that's what you're supposed to do. Like all the classic music nerds yeah. are like, <laughs> write your melody first because then you come up with more interesting harmony for it. And it's like that's,
2: I would if I could. <laughs> yeah, I could see that for sure yeah. cuz then you can just build the thing underneath
3: it and Yeah. Right. Yeah. You end up with more interesting chord changes. Like it makes sense, but yeah. it's it's difficult.
2: Well, that explains a lot because I'm such like a groove person and for me it just comes from like just kind of banging chords on the keyboard and I like hear a little melody that would work in there. Yeah. And yeah, that's it's interesting. I didn't know that, that that most like nerdy musicians say that you should write the melody first. <laughs> that's just like weird because how do you write it's a melody it's, out of
0: context of anything else right if you had to recreate your sound from the dna of other artists who's in mm. that geological tree
2: well you guys nailed it when you when you okay. briefly touched on uh which 31 guys yeah, know, come no, on I'm so sorry <laughs> when i listened to it i was like oh i'm gonna give them crap <laughs> but no it. uh thank you for including me in that list of i feel course. honored that you put me amongst all yeah. these real artists <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah you guys said beatles which yeah I, I mean i'm a huge beatles nerd who isn't in a way yeah, like yeah. they just are in everything paul mccartney uh it's just kind of we have the same vocal i can't
3: think of it right range range where i was looking <laughs> sure. for
2: yeah really similar vocal range so uh, paul mccartney the shins and animal collective right okay and Ball. then Blend in there.
3: Sorry, didn't mean to step on that. I was going to say, and also more recently, Aphex Twin is someone that you've talked to me about quite Mm -hmm. a bit in the recent years, and I think some of like the the glitchiness of the album was inspired by, yeah, kind of his sector of stuff. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just the really fast drum and bass stuff. I would Mm -hmm. love to do more of that. I didn't feel strong enough to put as much of that in this batch of songs, Mm -hmm. but I really want to do more of that because yeah, his drum programming is unreal.
0: The shins makes sense because there's mm-hmm. definitely this cool marriage of like indie folksy with electronic yeah that's that's perfect I'm kind of ignorant to the whole backstory of the Beatles. So what's the deal with John Lennon and Paul McCartney both going solo and having Christmas songs? Why, <laughs> why is that what they decided to do?
3: Now we're asking the real questions yeah, here. Yeah,
2: let's dig into this conspiracy. Did George have one too?
0: I think he did, but it wasn't. Either George or Ringo had one. But I can't I feel remember. like
2: Ringo has to have a Christmas song.
0: <laughs> but McCartney's is so much better, right? Like that's uh, the what? Christmas song.
2: You know, that that's sounds terrible. Question. What? Simply it's, having a wonderful yeah. oh I think it's God. good bad. It's I one love of those it. good bad songs. Oh, oh, that's my favorite Ryan. Christmas
1: song.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, putting that much delay on that yeah, synth. That's great. That was his Ooh. that was his experimental phase, by the way. That was McCartney Two, which okay. he there's
3: a lot of good stuff on that album. Hmm. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I didn't know Christmas time was so hated. <laughs> Sorry, man. You mean, like it is Christmas pretty answer, objectively terrible. Probably
3: not. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not, except for, like, what's that real slow, depressing one? <laughs> Blue
2: Christmas. Which or? one? How about Christmas shoes? How's that one go? <laughs> you know that song. <laughs> Christmas shoes? <laughs> Sir, I want to buy these shoes.
0: That's a reason. For my one. mama,
2: please. Yeah, it's like this kid's mom is dying from cancer, and he's trying to buy her these shoes in case she meets Jesus tonight. I think Uh, there's an
0: accompanying Hallmark movie about it. There is. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Just to give you a taste. And I think,
2: is Vince Vaughn in that? God, I hope so.
1: (laughs) No, it's not Vince
2: Vaughn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who is it? You got to look that up. Christmas Shoes. He's definitely like a- TV movie from 2002 starring Rob Lowe. (laughs) 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 Perfect. Vince Vaughn, Rob Lowe, I don't know
2: but as to why those two guys split up and made their own Christmas songs.
0: It's better than Lennon's though, right? What's Lennon's? So uh, this is Christmas. War is over. It's
3: not ringing a bell. Yeah, I
2: would
0: Max say. Max
3: hates Christmas.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we tried to do, that was like your first episode a year ago and I tried to do Christmas oh, yeah. stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't like any Christmas <laughs>
3: Yeah, <stuff." laughs> You were like, what Christmas movies do you like? I was like, I don't know, James Bond? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to dive into any of this particular songs?
3: Gosh, I do. It's hard not to dive into them and just be like this song's <laughs> so tight, track. dude. Like
0: <laughs> it's like that Chris Farley skit on SNL. Yeah. Remember, Remember that? that song?
1: Right. Remember
3: that? that's cool in a knot is number four right yeah it's such a good song I'm Um,
2: stoked you guys like that because I thought that was the odd one out
3: yeah but I think it's so well timed because not that I was like at all bored with the first three I think there's a good amount of variety there especially even just between rat king and doom scrollers but when I got to in a knot I was like all right I'm like so excited for everything else this album has to offer I feel like there's some more stretching instrumentally in that song main theme is really strong I think that you're singing over mm. but yeah some of those bass breaks and there's like a little part that I'm just obsessed with this like five <laughs> second break with Dude, the the bass when and the bass
2: came together I was like yeah. so happy with it oh, I'm glad man. that you appreciate it too oh yeah, I love it It's love the end of that it
3: starts with just that little riff mm-hmm. and then jumps in with the <laughs> bump. <laughs> bump, bump, <Yeah>. bump. <laughs> Ryan no go ahead
2: I think I was just gonna go off of what you said about the long stretches of music without vocals yeah that was something that i i'm still working on but yeah i think i tried that a couple times in this record because for a long time i was like i knew that like my voice was like a, the stronger part of a lot of my songs so i felt like i had to fill every part of my tracks with vocals yeah which i just don't i don't need to do that no and i think this was this album i was trying to kind of step away from
0: sticking vocals into every measure of the song.
3: Oh man the, the music speaks for itself.
0: I think that's like where my favorite chunk of the album is, is right in the middle with In A Knot and Tame. Yeah. Because it feels like it does have like the perfect marriage of like letting the instrumentals and synth kind of build this atmosphere mm-hmm. but then like it works in concert with your voice so well. That's so, yeah, great. I'm that glad was, it worked. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the record for sure.
3: Tame is, is pretty incredible too. Yeah. yeah. Is that a single?
2: Yeah I feel like if I, I was gonna put one more single out before I finish the album, and that was gonna that was gonna be the one. Yeah, yeah. I could see
3: yeah. that. It's so catchy. The bass. We talked about that bass part at the beginning. You said that was kind mm. of a problem child for you. Yeah, it's bass <laughs> with delay. And... Yep.
2: Going back to simply having a wonderful Christmas time. You yeah. Go. Sometimes putting echo on synth, <laughs> especially bass, is really hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had to do all sorts of stupid surgery on that bass to like get it to to work, and it's still not perfect. But whatever. That's a good example of being like. You know what? I've done
3: what I can. It's yeah. done.
0: <laughs> I
2: gotta just I'm leave it.
3: Still, I mean, the song turned out, it's all there.
0: So do, have you developed any kind of like sounding board where you'll send bits of songs you're working on to kind of get feedback and get that collaborative? It's, it's this song. dude right over here. Yeah, I, Max. Max.
2: and I have been doing that for each other for so long. Yes. Yeah. Cause we're both just, I mean, I don't really know anybody else who is as close to me as far as like how we work. Like, okay. We're both on the computer <laughs> for everything pretty much. Yeah. And both have that same sort of like, you know, obsessed for eight hours on something max even goes even longer that dude is a <laughs> too workhorse. long workhorse <laughs> but yeah it's always been max for sure
0: how do you go about making like sequencing decisions on arranging the songs oh making like those decisions yeah like
2: in order yeah It was kind of all over the place with this because I had track titles before anything else. I would like I like to collect titles. Like if I think of a song title, (laughs) I'm like I'm putting that in a note. I would love to make a song. Like what would that sound like? And so I did that a lot with Rat King. And the track list was a question mark up until almost the very end, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is good. I didn't want to get stuck with a track list in mind before the songs were were done. And yeah, I actually made a pretty last minute decision to switch a couple around. I almost put At the Marrow as the second to last song and put spinning wheel as the last yeah which could make sense but i felt like after demon of noontide and murmuring which murmuring is kind of a dirge and so i was like i think i need something more upbeat to pick things up and then end on like kind of a more mellow note yeah but I don't know if you guys have noticed this. You probably have. But the second track in albums is almost always like the single, the big yes. single. Yeah, <laughs> I've sure. from like everybody. It's yep. always the big single. So I just kind of introduce yourself that. and yeah. then. Well, unless it's right. like
0: a one-hit wonder band, and then it's just the first song, and mm-hmm. then the rest of the album sucks. <laughs> yes, that's so true. <laughs> from the way you've described your writing process, I'm sure there are songs that didn't make the cut. Were there any mm-hmm. tough choices there as far as stuff that you decided to leave off?
2: Yeah, there are a couple of their songs that were kind of floating around. One would have been a very cool like middle track because like, mm-hmm. it had this kind of like an intermission feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would have been sweet. And then there was another song. <laughs> I really wanted to use this title for a song, but it didn't work out. The song was called With a Clenched Jaw. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's badass. <laughs> I want that on Rat King. <laughs> and um, I wrote that song and it was cool, but I just, yeah, it didn't fit
0: in the world of everything else so it's more about matching like the tone of the rest of the record Mm -hmm. gotcha
2: I know how a lot of uh, bands or musicians will like come to a studio and have like 30 songs and they record them all. Yeah. And then, and like they polish them all. Right. And then they pick the ones that should be on the record. And like that blows my mind. (laughs) A lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the songs that I know are not going to be on the record don't even get to the point where they're done. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, nope, this won't be on. I'm not going to put any more work into this. Yeah. And I only finish the songs that I know are going to be on the album.
3: Hmm. so you've never finished one and then kind of in those last weeks said yeah i don't think i've ever done that yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: that's another advantage to having kind of all the studio equipment you need at your fingertips yeah you don't feel like you need to go into a studio prepared with Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) yeah and it makes so much sense why bands would do that it's like they got to make the most of their time just right i mean they have to rehearse all their stuff before they even record it yeah you know (laughs) I don't have to do that. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Have you given any thought to live performances or is this strictly a studio project for you? I
2: think I would love to play live again. And I've gotten over the desire to want my live performance to sound just like the recording. Okay. And I think that I could play these songs live. They would sound different for sure. And uh, it would be cool to have some other people to play with, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm floating that idea. I would love to go and play shows again. It's yeah. just been so long. Yeah. I don't think I've actually played live in like 10 years. Yeah. Are you <laughs>
0: thinking like having live bass and drums? I would love bass? to. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, like, ideally, it would be so cool to get a, a group together that you're just. Be able to play whenever, but you know, as we're like in other cities and yeah. having kids, a lot of people <laughs> Being, married having kids. Yeah. It just like Being I don't know 30. if it's even yeah. yeah, and I'm not I'm not even at the point where I'm willing to well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I am willing, but trying to go and find musicians that you like mesh with on like a personal level and a musical level is like dang, that's tough. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. And then scheduling, like well. Yeah. And I'm having a lot I have a lot of fun and scratch my musical itch just by like producing and sharing with my friends friends. And if I play shows on top of that, that's great. But that's what
0: I'm always kind of curious about. Do you, get more fulfillment then from like arranging and putting mm-hmm. together a record than performing for people? 100%. I yeah. love
2: the writing process the most. I like being able to sit back and kind of tweak and you know work on the project from like an aerial view. I, I love that part of it. Playing live is really fun but I also get so nervous.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> the older I get the less appealing the idea of a live performance is because yeah I'm just scared that I'm gonna, <laughs> it's like I've spent so much time at the computer now and that's my safe zone mm-hmm. and yeah. nothing I do there really matters It can all be control zed yeah i (laughs) exactly
2: (laughs) gosh we could just control z so many things in our lives it'd be great
0: i find that interesting that you get nervous because don't you do Mm -hmm. a lot of local theater yeah that is
2: that's what doesn't make sense and but the other thing is like i'm forced to practice we're gonna know this show by the time we we perform it and like I don't have a choice. And I'm also, it's a show with like 10 other people. Right. right. And it's when it's just me, it I don't really have as, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also, and it's like what we were talking about, how you can just control Z stuff. Yeah, It's made me a, I'm not as good at like an actual performer, musician. Yeah. Same. Like playing oh my the gosh. keys or even playing guitar. Yeah. I'm not as good. I'm <laughs> like, I wish I was. We but, used to be better. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I mean, my keyboard skills have gotten better since doing this album, for sure. I, I
3: was going to say, I think it's stronger on this album than any other. There's just such a rhythm and great syncopation to everything going on there. So, yeah, you can tell that you've been practicing. And that's not MIDI. That's right. Those are all audio clips yeah, that you've recorded. Yeah, all
2: the electric keyboard is straight from the key. Yeah,
3: SV1. That's sick. What's the first song you pick to show people? I mean, do you have, like, a favorite on the record? Or-
2: Doom Scrollers was the one that I showed everybody first, because that was the one that I got done with first, <laughs> um, but my favorite on the record, gosh, it's tough because I really, uh, yeah, I I genuinely do like all of them. But yeah, that's uh, pretty great. I'm really pleased with this record because I wanted to make something that was just for me. I I, yeah. I think this time I wasn't as worried about what people thought, and I've had problems with that before. Where I'm just kind of like thinking I need to please my friends or family, and it's like I hear you. you know yeah. uh, you, not necessarily. You don't have to do that. So I think I mean as a whole, I'm really happy with it. But if I had to pick out a song, I really liked At The Marrow. I think there could have been some more that I added to that. That's in one of those songs that I could have taken a little bit more time on. But I do also like the simplicity of that yeah. that song. And yeah, I mean, really, Doom Scrollers, I think, is, is just a great song. I think I did it I, I did a good job with that one. I'm very proud of myself for, for seeing that through. Because I, yeah. like I said, had three different versions of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I took one more run at it to to get it the way I wanted, so.
3: That's always a good feeling. Sticking with it and then, oh yes, it was worth it. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's such a good feeling. Anytime any of my friends comes out with a record, I just feel like you really got to congratulate somebody getting done with that because it's, it's so hard. It's it like is. the hardest thing to just put yourself out there and just like be vulnerable, you know? And Max, you just, you just put something out and it's just a lot of work, man. You <laughs> well, now did it. so much and it's yeah. so great. And like, Thank you. yeah. Request to be a special guest when you interview Max about his <laughs> album. We'll <laughs> just reverse the whole table. Yeah. Time. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, man. But, but yeah, like it's just, Uh, I don't really know where I was going with that, but...
3: Well, even though we were both working on albums independently, I felt a real sense of camaraderie Mm -hmm. through these past couple years. Yes, We were both texting each (laughs) other about projects and stuff. That helps quite a bit. The feedback is still really important. This was my first time seeing how difficult it is to self-produce an an entire album alone. I've, in the past, always had band members to support me, and so, yeah, it's like, wow. Now, seeing what you've been doing for the past 10 or 15 years with Uh, well, self-production and not doing
2: I also mm-hmm. didn't finish so many things yeah but that but happens yeah.
0: are you ever tempted to go back and like you know maybe I'll exhume this song and yeah give it for a facelift. sure there yeah. are a couple
2: like three or four tracks off of rat king were from like 2015 oh yeah yeah
0: well yeah man I'm glad you got some new stuff to share yeah. with us
2: Thanks so much for having me on this. this, For uh, sure. you're a Super talented
0: guy. I'm glad you're making music again, like I said. Thanks, man. (laughs) Or at least sharing it with us. You've always been making music, so.
2: (laughs) Yes, sharing it. Yeah, it's important. You got to put it out there.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's great. I'm glad you are. Thanks, man. Excited to see where it goes. Max, too. Are we going to talk about your album at some point? We haven't decided how to do that objectively.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe... I would just like throw it in the recommendations section. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like, a little shameless plug. <laughs> like in this the sky, coming don't know. in at number yeah. thirty You're is right. my album. <laughs> no, yeah. Should we do some recommendations? <laughs> yeah, sure. All
2: right.
0: What have you been listening to, Mason?
2: Ooh. Ooh, first one that comes to mind: Big Thief's album. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, dr- let me see if I can remember Big the ass name. Dragon, <laughs> New Warm Mountain. Mountain something. Uh, we love oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what it is. Something like that. That's a fantastic record.
0: Max, is there anything you've been listening to that you'd like to recommend?
3: Yeah. Um, so I did, as we've alluded to, I think a couple of times in the past two episodes yeah. or probably more than that. I did put out an album recently called The Extant Traveler and it is kind of an homage to video game music of old and progressive rock. And uh, it's just, you know... The long name for the project is like, I don't know, Max Hatlam MIDI computer project experience (laughs) extravaganza. So if that sounds cool to you, check out the Extant Traveler on Spotify. Bandcamp, SoundCloud, go to the Bandcamp if you can, (laughs) bandcamp.com slash Max Hatlam, because I wrote like some brief poetry to coincide with the songs to make it more of a conceptual experience. Um, So there is a bit of a story to it if you want to engage with that. But yeah, it was a super fun album to make. I'm very proud of it. It's all instrumental music. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can find me on all the music services and stuff. And thank you for checking that out. If you do.
2: That's on my recommendation list too, by the yeah, way. It's very fantastic, good. dude. It's Thanks, so guys. good.
3: It's so you. And it's just great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. The way I, I describe
0: that. it is one Oh, tricks point never doing like an HD remaster of the star Fox. Soundtrack. Oh man. <laughs> that's gosh. a
3: great. Yes. Can I get that? Uh, that's the blur for on, my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for my box art. Put yeah. That
0: quote on the front. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Ryan.
3: I love it. What do you got? Did yeah, you recommend something? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, I watched uh, Nebraska. That okay. was so good. Uh, Alexander Payne It's one of my favorite directors. He makes really bleak, cynical comedies. and That's
2: it's Bruce Dern, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of developed into like a holiday movie for me, even mm-hmm. though it's not about the holidays. It's just kind of this family outing and this really... Mm-hmm kind of bleak middle american look at family and what that is and yeah just the humor's so great in it it's one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years probably but
2: what about music recommendations
0: since we brought it up last time i've really been getting into a lot of old country like i've been listening <laughs> to so much loretta lynn and patsy klein and just driving nice. my wife nuts <laughs> And yeah, so I've I've been really getting into country. We need to take our country back and get it back to the foundation <laughs> oh that our grandfather's oh, founded upon. Oh no. We're just Wait, hang on. Just unplug my mic. Fade out.
3: Set. There's the fade. <laughs> here
1: comes the music. <laughs>